Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. Sports Radio 960 WSBT presents Caveman Corner, live again from Monterey Mexican Grill, located at 507 East McKinley Avenue in Mishawaka. It is time for Caveman Corner at Monterey, home of the best authentic Mexican food served this side of the Rio Grande, along with Caveman Corner co-host Dean Huppert. I'm Brian Miller, and for the next 45 minutes or so, we're going to talk Mishawaka caveman sports and we've got a great lineup here tonight we're going to talk mishawaka high school tennis as the girls tennis spring season is just around the corner and also talk to the chamberlain duo uh, duo that is not that tough to say and uh, we look forward to that as we will visit with caleb chamberlain the band director at mishawaka high school and his father ed chamberlain of course a, a big big pair of pillars in the uh, mishawaka community but here tonight uh, we're going to talk a little tennis. It makes me happy because that means softball is also getting close. The spring seasons are just around the corner. But, uh, Dean, great to see you again. Just uh, two more shows tonight and next week to wrap up our season of broadcasting K-Man Corner here on 960 WSBT and, and talk K-Man Sports each week. I, w- I wish we could take it into March, April, May, but nobody wants to hear me coach third base and try and do a radio show with you. So, <laughs> and plus, we might get in trouble. So, it's probably safer this. I way. was going to say that could, that could be good radio. We might go viral with that. But uh, um, yeah, spring season's right around the corner. But boy, we've had a lot of great success stories here in the winter. Just over the weekend, Zar Walker was a state runner-up. So, congratulations yes. to that senior. Did an amazing job. Bo Brabender went down there and had a tough match, but ended up finishing fifth. We had three finalists down and. As we talked to Coach Sandifer, you can never take that for granted. Nope. I mean, gosh, a state runner-up, first, fifth. I mean, that's uh, that's pretty incredible. Trey, when you get on Trey that Dunning podium. getting down there, too. Yeah. Uh, yep. You know, I just wish we'd had better luck uh, maybe for Czar. I know uh, from reading the reports, uh, basically uh, wrestled hurt in that championship match, and, and what a tight one and some really close, uh, questionable calls, I guess you could say. It, it's so bad that I guess uh, you feel bad for him coming home with the silver. When he was so close to the gold, but man, what what a great kid! We've had him here on the show a couple times, and uh, uh, you know, congratulations to Coach Sandifer and the wrestling program for what they've done and uh, uh, made some noise down in Evansville. And obviously, congratulations to the basketball team, Amen. share of the Northern Lakes Conference, and uh, Mishawaka shares it with Northridge and and. Um, uh, Concord in Concord, so we have a three-way tie, and and that heads into this week. And Mishawaka taking on Penn tomorrow <laughs> night at home in St. Joe. And Mishawaka is a little bit hot at home, so I I look forward to seeing the caveman at the cave. Eight no at the cave, and you know, uh, while I know maybe Saturday was uh, not the outcome the caveman expected and or hoping for, uh, Wawasee played a great basketball game, uh, beat the caveman fifty-four fifty-one, but. Through that loss, the silver lining is just the fifth ever boys basketball conference crown, NIC, NLC, any kind of C, uh, fifth conference championship ever, and uh, the second since we've joined the Northern Lakes Conference. So let's hope that propels the momentum into a big week. Home games tomorrow night against Penn, 
Friday night against South Bend St. Joe, and then certainly the sectional pairings that came out yesterday from the IHSA. Mishawaka got a first-round battle with uh, Laporte on their hands. They'll have to prepare for the opening game of the tournament. And uh, then from there, we'll have to see Michigan City-Plymouth, an interesting matchup. Adams-Riley got the bye games. They're waiting for the Tuesday winners championship on Saturday. So we're hoping that it'll be a, another championship Saturday opportunity for Mishawaka. And it's exciting because it's going to be at the Caves. Any time you can get a tournament there at Mishawaka in and the way our kids are playing at home. Uh, it should be awesome. But we'll transition into the spring. We've Let's got Robin that. Braun here, the head coach of the girls' Mishawaka tennis team, and Robin in her second year. I mean, talk about just uh, being back and, and getting ready. I know right now it's just conditioning, but as the weather's starting to turn, um, we've got a lot of things to talk to you about because you've got a, a brand-new facility out there as well. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be able to share all about the tennis team. So getting going it's we started off a little slow once a week with conditioning and as we've moved in twice a week it's great to see the turnout that we're having each week and the excitement from the girls and you know just them wanting to be better not only physically but at the tennis game as well so it's really exciting just to watch what's coming up and we still have a couple more weeks of conditioning before we can get out on the courts but we're looking forward and really itching to get out there especially as this weather's kind of teasing us a little with some warm Teasing's temperatures yes yeah. <laughs> yeah just talk about your talk about your background I, I know when we hired you you've got a, a great deal of tennis experience growing up in the Goshen area but then you've got this Bethel tie that has been a great connection for us and of course Tony Natalie and the Bethel Athletic Department partners with WSBT radio they partner with Mishawaka and and that was one of the, the ways we got you to come over to Mishawaka is through that Bethel tie. Yeah, it actually is. Um, being out there since Bethel uses the Mishawaka courts, we really had the opportunity to watch the team and just kind of the struggles they've had over the past few years with maintaining a coaching staff um, who's knowledgeable about tennis as well. And so seeing that and hearing that the position was opening last spring, I was like, well, I'll try it out, see what I can have happen. But yeah, I went to Bethel long time ago and now I'm also the head assistant coach there and so I get the opportunity to not only work with the college team but also work with those high school players and watching their development and giving them something to look forward to in the future as well. Yeah, Brian, one of the great things with the Bethel Partnership is some of the players will come out and they'll be able to help out. And, and also for camps, it's nice to be able to combine that, that Bethel camp with, with uh, Mishawaka. Well, obviously Bethel takes a lot of pride in all their athletics. And I think you know, stability is something really, really big in any sport. And with you coming on, having the background that you've got, uh, I, I work uh, almost every home basketball game with John Natale, who was the director of tennis for seemed like a hundred years of Bethel and yes. uh, and had been there and, and still you know kind of the emeritus of the of the tennis program but talk about the consistency you're trying to put in place here and and how those college athletes and just their their uh, presence can help your high school athletes yeah so one of the things that I really wanted to do when I came in taking over the coaching position last year is I wanted to make sure that I would be able to be here for at least several years to build that consistency and build up the program because I know that tennis has kind of been a a weak sport for Mishawaka for a long time and like I want to see the pride being brought back and the level of skill and tennis being brought back and give them some passion and desire to work towards something. Um, growing up you know I played tennis since I was a kid and I was out there year-round taking lessons and working at it and I want to see that same kind of work ethic and desire 
out of the kids as well. And so they know one of them made a joke about how tough I was being at conditioning. They're like, you're being so mean. And I was like, well, last year I was like, I was being nice. And they're like, that was nice. And I was like, oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. I was like, that You've was seen nice. nothing yet. <laughs> <laughs> I know. But I, I hold those high school girls, even though they don't have the tennis experience that our college players do, I have, I hold them to the same standard that I do my college players because I have high expectations. And I feel like when you have high expectations, for people, they will at least meet them, if not go over. So I hold that expectation and bringing, I have um, two of my Bethel men's players come out and help me. And so they are able to kind of lead by example and provide leadership. Um, it teaches them some skills about coaching and leadership as well. And it gives those girls the opportunity to see what they could do in the future to have that college degree, if that's not something that, you know, anyone has ever talked to them about or being able to even play a sport in college and see that you don't have to be a, a D1 tennis player in order to play at any level of college. Yeah, talking about numbers, you have had the numbers, and it seems like there's going to be a lot of girls out this year as well. And, and sometimes it starts with that, trying to get those younger players playing. If we could get a middle school or an elementary school program started to where, as you said, they're just playing year-round and they want to have that experience. But talk about that, just how many kids are going to be coming out. And, and you don't have that many positions, but you do have JV opportunities where, where you can play, and especially in the Northern Lakes Conference. Yes, absolutely. So when it comes to tennis, a lot of people don't know it's kind of a limited roster for varsity, and it consists of seven players on varsity. But then anyone else who's left over gets to play the junior varsity, and we go lots of singles and doubles, however we can fit people in. And sometimes they get to play more than one just to get that opportunity and experience, and just the more they play, the better they get. So we have probably between 30 and 35 girls coming out this year, and it's so exciting and valuable to me as a coach to see people wanting to come out, even if it's one of the questions I always ask them is, why are you coming out for the tennis team? And so to see the different answers, sometimes it's because they just want to be involved in a team atmosphere. Sometimes they just want to do something different that they've never done. Sometimes they just want to add another sport so that way they're more rounded. And sometimes they've never played any sports and they just want to give it a try because it looks fun. And no matter the reason, I am so excited to have everyone out there just to improve themselves and in all areas. One of the things I told the girls last year, and I'll be reiterating again this year, is that I value you as tennis players, but most of all, like I value you as a person. And so I want to be there for them in any area that they need and help them to grow and learn in all areas of their life, not just on the court, but off as well. We're visiting with Robin Braun, the head girls tennis coach at Mishawaka High School here on K-Bank Corner from 960 WSBT. This K-Bank Corner each and every Monday night, and we are upstairs in the Mont. The Monterey Mexican Grill second floor private event room with space for up to 120 people for any event. A graduation party season just around the corner. Visit MontereyMexican.com for more details. Well, the big news that, that came out last fall, and, and, and it kind of hurt your season in the spring, uh, but it was the, the new tennis courts, uh, 10 brand-new tennis courts. Uh, it's an amazing facility, um, everything from the way it's going to drain to the way it's going to play. Uh, you've got to be so excited about that because not only does it give you a safe and, and productive place to play, 
but it makes tennis very, very relevant at Mishawaka. If people didn't think the, the corporation was serious about this sport, the investment they made in this complex out of Baker Park is pretty unbelievable. Oh, absolutely. It was kind of a eyesore, you know, having teams come out and be like, well, we're down to eight courts because two of them have massive cracks, one of them the net's broken. Um, make sure that you're careful when you go to that court because there are still some cracks there, but, you know, the cracks are for everyone, so it's not just one-sided. And so now having courts that are stable. Stellar. And, yeah, Stellar. beautiful, and there are no cracks, and the nets are all functional. Like, it's exciting. It's It brings more pride back to the program to be able to say, hey, like, we are a growing team, and we started here, and we're working our way up slowly but surely, but this is what we have to play on now because we want to become something big, and we want to take this seriously. What was it like for you to watch that progression of the courts being built. Uh, I was in at the ground level of, of helping with some of the planning and to watch it go, it was just like, wow, the only thing left is the shed and everything else is taken down. And oh my gosh, how are they going to do this? There were bulldozers out there and taking the fences down. I mean, everything is brand new. But as you drove by and started to see it coming together and then started to see, wow, the, the nets are coming up. Here's the color. The lines are going on. And then when there was the groundbreaking celebration in the fall it's like this is a real deal yeah it it gave me anxiety to watch it because i was like oh come on hurry up like i wanted to be done in like two days and i know that's not possible or feasible (laughs) but i was so excited for it to happen that it was exciting to watch it was but it gave me anxiety to or like not anxiety but made me anxious because i was just so excited to get out there and get the girls on the good courts and I'm, I'm, I'm guessing the new courts and the facility has, has just been basically the ribbon-cutting one just a few months ago. Uh, has to be a nice recruiting tool for you as you're walking the halls and talking to kids at school about participating and playing tennis. Oh, yeah, definitely. And randomly I'll meet some Mishawaka High School girls, and I'm like, hey, come out for the tennis team. I'm like, we've got great new courts, and we're going to have a lot of fun. And they're like, oh, okay. Um, but even, I think, with the new courts, even the players themselves are excited to recruit their friends. They're like, I've had so many people text me or send me messages or get a hold of me through the athletic department, and they're like, hey, so-and-so told me about the tennis team, and I really want to come out and try it out. It sounds like it's fun. Yeah, some of the names who will be coming back and, and just the importance of multi-sport athletes. I know Coach Miller knows with softball that some of your better players are those kids who compete and are doing something maybe not year-round, but at least a second sport, and, and you've got a few of those kids. Yeah, we do. We have multiple volleyball players and some swimmers, and it's great to be well-rounded, and different sports fine-tune different parts of the body, so it just only benefits the other sports if they keep involved with differences and building up that strength another strength that i've seen just witnessing from a side while your girls and the tennis program working out in this winter uh i guess winter doldrums as we wait to get outdoors and we share the west gym and the track area and so forth just seems like your kids as compared maybe to past years a little bigger in numbers and seeming like they're having fun and they're and they're working really hard in their conditioning yes we We have the motto that we're going to work very hard, but we're also going to have fun while we're doing it. And I've told them from the beginning, my very first day last year, that I'm tough, but I'm fair. And so 
I can joke around and I can have fun with you, but you also need to understand that we're out here to do a job and get better. Mm -hmm. And so I try to maintain that, that fine line between making sure you're working hard and working the right parts of the body versus just playing around and doing exercises that aren't going to benefit you in the sport itself. Yeah, tennis is a sport that you can play your entire life, uh, almost like golf is a sport where, gosh, I wish I would have learned that younger because I could have gotten better. But talk about some of the skills and, and maybe reaching out to parents uh, who are listening here tonight, but how you can get involved early, some of the things that kids can do to get better. And it doesn't have to be going to a country club and, and getting professional lessons. There are a lot of things that kids can do to just get a racket and a ball on that racket. Yes. So when I first started playing tennis, um, one of the things that I did that it might seem silly, but I attribute it to kind of my motivation and what helped me even with eye-hand coordination and the timing that you need for tennis is I went home. I was taking lessons, I think, three times a week when I first started, and then it turned into five days a week, multiple times a day, and then private lessons. But I would go home, and in the evenings, I would just go out and hit against the garage door like every night. And I would, wouldn't stand super far away, but I wouldn't be super close. But it just even doing simple stuff like that or taking a racket and a ball and holding the racket and bouncing it up in the air and over and over again and trying to get 10 in a row, 20 in a row, 50 in a row. And even one of my players who I worked with over the summer, I had her going home and doing jump roping every single night and building up that number higher and higher and I was like the goal is to get 500 a day I was like because that's going to improve your footwork help you stay on your toes and tennis is all about footwork and eye-hand coordination being able to hit that ball I think Robin was a lot better than I was or she didn't have windows on her garage because I would have had to have done that before there was a lot of cardboard up on your garage windows (laughs) is that what you're saying I used a picnic table. I flipped it up, and I used to get in trouble doing that. But, yeah, you're exactly right. Just having a ball on a racket and the eye-hand coordination, whatever you can do. And that's why at a lot of tennis courts they have that wall that they put up, and it's just a hit-back wall. And and all of a sudden you you do that, and sometimes that's the best workout you can get because it's it's not as predictable as you would think when that (laughs) ball comes back. No doubt about that. We're talking with Mishawaki girls tennis coach Robin Braun here on K-Bank Corner from 960. WSBT with co-host Dean Huppert. I'm Brian Miller. You want to share any names of some of the athletes that are working for you right now or um, ones that maybe you have expectations for this spring? Yeah, we graduated quite a few seniors back in the last year. 2023. Yeah, I know. It's gone by so fast. It has. Who um, were in the varsity lineup. So we do have some big spots to fill as well. We do have uh, Kylie Creech coming back who played one for us last year. And we have Grace Zaleski coming back for us, who played two singles for us last year. We graduated one doubles, and we graduated three singles. And both of the two doubles players are coming back as well, although one of them did get injured last year and had to sit out. But, yeah, but those are the two of the names that are coming back that played varsity last year that I have some high expectations for. And there's some other girls that have been working very hard in the offseason, going out to the Southwind Racquet Club and hitting, uh, on the ball machine or taking lessons with some of the pros there. And so we've we've really gotten some more tennis involvement in the off season than we probably have pr- in previous years. 
you grow up in Goshen and understand how competitive the Northern Lakes Conference is, especially in tennis. It just seems like that's a sport that if you're trying to get good, it's tough to get really good oh, definitely. In, a, in a hurry because there aren't any holes in your schedule. I mean, when you're playing the NLC, it's, it's tough. There are a lot of racket clubs in every one of those cities. Yeah, there are, and that's one of the things I've tried to set expectations with my girls on the team as well because it can be discouraging when you're going in, and, you know, we haven't been in the top half of the conference at least I don't know in how long, but definitely not last year or the year before. And so just seeing kind of the discouragement that they sometimes feel not winning conference or not performing high in the conference, and I tell them it's okay to be disappointed. It's okay to be upset with not winning, but let that disappointment drive you to do something better. Don't sit there and wallow in sadness. Let it be that driving factor, that fire that lights you up, that makes you want to be the best that you can be. Well, and sometimes in tennis, it's not just getting the victory, but if you can get to that third set, if you can be competitive, if you can make it 6-4 or 6-3, and I think some of the girls you have coming back this year will be able to take that next step just because they've got some experience. I mean, when you've when you've got kids coming out for the first time as a freshman, now all of a sudden you're three, four, maybe seven years behind a lot of the other kids. Yeah, it's true. Um, tennis is a sport that, I mean, you're right, you can't just learn overnight and you become good at it. It's a really hard sport to learn. And I used to teach adult beginner lessons over at the South Bend Racquet Club as well, and I would tell them the same thing because they would get frustrated coming out and not being able to hit a ball back and forth the first or second time. And I'm like, it's a hard sport to learn. It's it's not easy. People see, you know, friends going out and hitting or the pros on TV and they're just able to bang that ball back and forth and they're like, "Oh, I can do that." All they're doing is swinging the racket and it it's not that simple. And so having some of these freshmen come out this year, I'm really excited. We have more freshmen this year, I think than we did last year, and so I'm really excited about that because we have an opportunity to build something over 4 years and Starting from ground zero, if you can get them involved in the off season, that's when the most improvement happens. Well, and some of the some of the things that you can do in the off season, whether it's in the spring or the summer, but parents can get out and, and play with kids. And I think that's something that that this community really needs to embrace: is get out and play the game. And and you can't always do that in swimming. You can't have competitive swimming. But in tennis, you can go out, find a court, and just hit it back and forth. And then it can be enjoyable father-daughter, uh, father-son, uh, mother-daughter. And, and then they get better just by having that experience of playing the game. Yeah, definitely. It's, I mean, like you mentioned, it is a lifelong sport. And you can go out and you don't have to be in the best shape of your life when you're 80 years old out there going out to hit a ball like you can still go out there and swing that racket and hit the ball back and forth with someone or play a set and so a lot of times during the summers we have there's camps that happen and Bethel's having camps this year over at the Mishawaka the new Mishawaka course which I'm excited about and so there'll be week-long camps and they'll be all ages um, elementary middle school and high school and last year we had the opportunity to have some of the Mishawaka girls help with help us run the camps and then we also had some that participated in the camps as well so we had both sides of it and just even having them come out with their families and then their siblings see it and they're like ooh like you would have multiple siblings sign up like sibling groups because they're excited to get involved and if they see their older sibling doing it they want to join in so it helps build not only the life longevity of the sport and the future to come with the teams 
but the parents are out there and sometimes after the camps you would see the moms or the dads going out and hitting with the kids just a little bit and the kids were sometimes better. <laughs> I've got to ask you just about pickleball because it's it's such a booming sport around the country. I know um, it's a sport that for a, a diehard tennis person it's like okay but at the same time it's gotten so many more people involved in just playing with a racket. That is true. Pickleball is a very popular sport right now and um, it's becoming probably one of the biggest sports around the country especially like at a club level. Kind of all ages too. Yeah it is. It's it's a much smaller court surface than tennis is and so you can get some of those people that might have mobility issues that struggle with on a tennis court. You see a lot of them kind of transitioning into pickleball as well. We do even some of our college players do play in pickleball leagues as well so it's popular among all the ages. It's going to be interesting just to see how it all plays out because years ago fast pitch softball was a huge thing and then when slow pitch came it became a huge deal and then it, it, things have changed through the years but pickleball's hot right now and, and I guess you can look at it from the great standpoint or from the standpoint of gosh they're taking people away from tennis. Robin as you're looking to build numbers as you're looking to build wins and, and start a tradition of your own with girls tennis and the tennis program at Mishawaka is there a certain program college or from the high school level that you're maybe trying to I don't want to say mirror necessarily but maybe uh, follow in their footsteps a bit or maybe somewhat imitate on their success or just how they do things or is there a certain coach that maybe has uh, has uh, I guess motivated you to say hey this is this is the style and this is what I'm trying to follow to have the success maybe they've had in the past yeah, so I was very blessed growing up. Um, I had a man who I took private lessons from and who ran all the group lessons I was in. And even today, the things that he would say to me when I was on the court is a lot of the stuff that I repeat to the girls, either when we're working individually or like in big groups. Because um, there's just, if you go back to the basics of tennis, the basics are the basics no matter what age or generation is learning the sport. And so a lot of the stuff that I was taught and was told to me, I've repeated. I also had a great coach when I was at Bethel as well. John Natale was the director of tennis, but we also had a coach in addition. And so um, he was a really great coach in just how he handled. And who was that? Uh, Ryan Beagle. Uh, he passed away a year or two ago, and so he's no longer here. But um, just his teaching or his coaching philosophies and just how he encouraged people um, gave me inspiration. And then also the current coach at Bethel, the head coach, he's a phenomenal coach as well, Jamal Henry. And so just being able to watch how he runs the program and how he, some of the work hard, play hard type mentality. Like well, he, was, he was a pretty intense high school athlete, not just a college tennis as well. Yeah. He was he was at Bethel before me, so we didn't we didn't overlap years. He graduated the year that I started at Bethel, but he was a all star athlete there as well in multiple sports. Well, we appreciate you taking tennis head on at Mishawaka and and rising the bar. I mean, bringing that bar up higher, and don't be afraid to be tough on those girls. Oh, that's, I'm uh, not. <laughs> Amen. That's the that's that's what they expect, and that's how you're going to get better. So thank you very much, Robin. Yeah. Just a couple quick things. So your season officially begins as far as it sees what March 11th, right? That is the first day we can practice. And when's your first match? March 25th. Countdown's on. It is. Best of luck this year. Thank you. All right, that is Robin Braun. 
girls tennis coach, Mishawaka High School here on K-Man Corner from 960 WSBT. We'll take a timeout. When we come back, we'll visit with the Chamberlains, Caleb Chamberlain, Ed Chamberlain, and uh, we'll talk a little Mishawaka band. We're going to talk some uh, history from, uh, well, a family that knows a lot about Mishawaka sports and Mishawaka heritage in general. With Dean Huppert, I'm Brian Miller. Back after this, 960 WSBT. Hey, welcome back to Caveman Corner right here on AM 960 WSBT. Dean Huppert along with Brian Miller. Exciting night tonight. We just got done talking with Robin Braun, the head coach for the Mishawaka girls tennis team. And now coming are the Chamberlains. Gosh, it, so- it sounds like a, a, a great musical group, um, probably <laughs> back from the 70s or so. But uh, uh, Caleb, talk, uh, talk about just the excitement going on here tonight, bringing your dad along and, and the heritage that your family brings to Mishawaka. Well, yeah, you asked me to come on, and I said, well, I've, I've talked about band before. I'm happy to talk about fine arts, but I'm going to steal one out of the Rogueman playbook and uh, bring my dad and invo- get him involved. And, All uh, the family, right? Absolutely. Like, there you go. Well, and this, this is generations, and now you're the, the fine arts coordinator at Mishawaka and in charge of a lot of the, the great things happening there. But um, this legacy goes long back into the, the 100 years of Mishawaka schools. We're at uh, 100 years of, of Chamberlain's. We're getting close to – I don't. I haven't done the math recently to know if we had 100 years straight. Do you remember? You, you have to teach a few more years before that happens. Okay. <laughs> well, we've got 100 years total, right, with Mom? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Caleb's got his dad, Ed, here from the class of 1977. Uh, I know you've got to be awfully proud of this young man oh, uh, for the proud. things that he's doing. Yep, yep, super proud. My dad was proud of me, I think, and I'm proud of him <laughs> taking over the, the legacy as it goes. Yeah, and just give us a history lesson on, on and, and, and know that we have just limited time here. <laughs> um, but uh, your father and, and the Chamberlain name has been around so long and, and, and pioneers in a lot of ways of, of great things that have happened at, at our corporation. Yeah, my father, Bruce, uh, went to Mishawaka High School along with his nine brothers and sisters, and uh, his cousins lived down the street, and they had ten Chamberlains as well. So uh, he graduated from there, and my mom went there, and I went there, and all my siblings except for one, but we'll let her slide. And uh, my dad taught there for 33 years, and then by coincidence, uh, he and I taught together for one year, and then Caleb told me that he couldn't stand me anymore so he had to retire <laughs> and then by coincidence down the road when I was ready to retire Caleb and I taught together for a year and uh, he's taken over but I want to I got to state though that uh, the Chamberlain men get all the credit for this teaching <laughs> legacy at MHS but my wife has taught in the Mishawaka school system for 35 years in the elementary so she's got more years than my father <laughs> and me and way more than Caleb who's just getting started. Now uh, what school was she at or at? She was at uh, Mary Phillips for okay. a long time and then when that closed down she moved up to Liberty. Very good. Yep. Very good. Yep. Well so, and your dad was a class of 1945 and he was uh, uh, the guy who brought the first TV studio to Mishawaka. I mean talk about that and, and also worked for WSBT TV yep. was a radio announcer but I mean I mean, you talk about, we're excited about the Mishawaka Network now, but the things that he did and then that you continued, um, it wasn't the same equipment that they have now. It was a a little more more difficult. No, uh, his first career was in in broadcasting, and he was at WSBT as as um, an announcer, and he worked on the Who's Your Favorite uh, 
dance show they had. Yeah. He was one of the guys in the background. They would have Bruce Saunders would be lip syncing the, the songs to the records. And my dad was one of the doo wop guys in the background. Gotcha. So, so what he, year was that, Ed? Oh, that was in the uh, middle fifties. Yeah. Uh, he started teaching the early 50s, yeah. Okay, okay. He, and he start, actually he started out at WHOT, which was the forerunner of uh, WNU. He was a radio on, over there. So that was his career, and then he uh, decided that the hours weren't really good, <laughs> and uh, he decided to go into education. And after s- several years of that, he started a TV studio way up in the attic, on the third floor, right by the, where the elevator comes up there now. And it was, wow. you know, pretty simple stuff. Three three quarter inch, you know, black and white uh, tape, and I was in one of his classes, and we were so excited because we had our first video mixer, which was just basically an A and B switch, you know, yeah. <laughs> you did from camera one to camera B, yeah, and it was just... static had come by, but boy, that was pretty impressive stuff at the wow. time. Wow! And then uh, <clears throat> and he st- so he got that going, and then when he kept getting a little better studios as he went, moved out of the attic, moved down the front first floor. And then I took over those classes and taught those for a while. And we, we moved from the VHS into the uh, digital age. And I wish, Dean, I wish you would have come along a few years earlier. I would have loved to have all the, uh, all the equipment and all the expertise that you brought in. But, uh, and after I retired, uh, Matt Randall came in and took over. And uh, you guys have done amazing things. It's really impressive to see and fun to watch. Well, and just thinking about uh, Mishawaka as a whole, as you're saying that, um, people can find their niche there whether it's with athletics, whether it's with the band or the choir, but, but that communications piece of it, now that just adds one more weapon that you guys had before that we've brought back. And you were also involved with the speech team. And, and talk about just having that, uh, having that group yeah. of kids who this is their thing. Yep. I did a little of the speech. I did much more in the theater and, and stagecraft and stage management. And you worked on the sets as well, yes, right? exactly. Yeah. And my wife and I were talking about this before we came in. She said... <clears throat> If you talk to people who say they hated high school or don't want to go to reunions, or, or I had students that they hated school, I said, well, what, what, do you, what extracurriculars do you do? Right. And they usually, none, because I hate school. And I go, but <laughs> it's a vicious cycle. I, I, I say I liked high school, but I didn't really love the classes. It's all the things that you do, and those are the, the, the memories that you have. So it's, it's very important. I run into all kinds of students that come up and say, hey, Ms. Chamberlain, I remember when you did this, and we did the drama, and we did the, But my favorite thing is when students come up, and they say, hey, Mr. Chamberlain, I, I hated school, and I skipped classes a lot. But I always came to your class because we had fun and we learned something. Yeah, right. I'm like, what, what, what better thing can you get? I mean, that's what they ought to teach in high school, uh, college education. Two things you need to know, how to make the class interesting and how to make it so they can learn something. You know, it's interesting because I interviewed Caleb earlier this year, and he talked about that just get involved in something, whether it's sports or whether it's band. And he is so good about encouraging kids in middle school to get involved. And and I remember you saying that, and as I hear your dad talk about it, now I know where you've got that philosophy yeah. from because it is. It's so important. And, and I know you've seen success story after success story with somebody who just picked up an instrument for the first time or you're encouraging them hey, if it's not banned, do something else because that's so huge. Yep, I want, I want to see fewer and fewer kids like you mentioned. I hate school. Get out and do something. And we advertise we've got so many things. And there are a lot of kids who, who do all of the things or do many things. Right. And I want to see more kids do one thing or two things and feel like they've got people. They've got a reason to show up to school. They're excited to, 
come to school or stay after school, right, for a lot of those extracurriculars. I'm going to allow you to brag a little bit because earlier this year there there was an excitement as your marching band. Um, all of a sudden it was like, okay, uh, they're going to announce. And then it was an eruption. So talk about that moment and, and what you guys accomplished. Yeah, that was our ISMA marching band uh, contest, and it was uh, – just the, the final pinnacle of a long season of starting the parking lot. You're sweating on being strict. We're doing a lot of new and challenging things to getting to the point of they get to celebrate all that. <clears throat> but seeing them celebrate it with their friends and catching it on camera and having that replayed, it just, I think it makes me smile and makes them smile each time they see it. And um, the hard work with your friends makes it a lot more enjoyable. Yeah, you were honored over the summer, but there's going to be another um, honor coming your way here in the near future of Best Communities for Music Education from the NAM Foundation. So congratulations for Thank that. You. But um, talk about your role now. You've been known as the band director, and you've been around some, some great leaders here in the area, but now you've taken an expanded role in the, in the corporation. Yeah, so I was uh, working at John Young and the high school doing band, back and forth between two separate schools and there was a lot of fun with that but also every single day you're driving back and forth and there's a lot of things that make that a challenge um, especially for time's sake of that travel time back and forth but um, we finagled a few things and we were able to get an assistant uh, band slash orchestra director at John Young to help out those teachers and I took on a role where I'm doing every other day I am high school band director and in the opposite days I'm the fine arts facilitator, which is my fancy term for help facilitate things across the across the uh, entire district, K through 12 for band, orchestra, choir, drama, general music, theater, dance, color guard. And I think that's it. <laughs> well, and and in wow. in in the spare time, you just threw in a wedding on December 31st. I, did, I mean, yeah. talk about that. Just uh, both of your beautiful wives are here tonight, and and. Uh, to add in um, the family life along with everything else that you're doing, um, I'm sure your priorities are looking at it saying, okay, I've been a crazy man for all these years, but now my life just got better. Emily probably thinks I'm still a crazy man, and Mom probably still <laughs> thinks you're a crazy man. But, We're not uh, in agreement. It comes yeah. with the territory. <laughs> <Absolutely. guys. laughs> yeah, we've been known as, as busy people and busy family, but um, did my own thing for nine or ten years, and... Um, so changed my career a little bit and changed my family a little bit and was trying to find the right balance of, of what's too busy, what's, uh, what's not busy enough to be rewarding. Um, but I think I've got a happy mix right now. We were, we were never athletes, uh, obviously. What are you saying? But uh, my father and myself and Caleb always were involved in doing the pep sessions and being the MCs those mm-hmm. for, for over the years. And um, I've got a question for you, Dean. I, you, you probably know that I do a lot of studying of the history of the high school and things like that. You've got a big, huge basketball game coming up next year for the 100th anniversary. Now, are you going to cut off half the gym and make them play? <laughs> and turn the other direction. Make them play the other direction and make it legit? <laughs> you know, I, I've talked to Mark Palsgrove, and he's excited. It's going to be, I believe, January 5th of 25, oh, yeah. um, bringing in Brazil. They're doing the throwback uniforms. I think they're going to have the announcer with a megaphone and do all <laughs> kinds of things. But, boy, if they turn that turn gym, that right. would be that would be something there. <laughs> I saw a picture last week, and I've got a postcard of 1924 of Mishawaka High School. And somebody looked, and they said, look, there's a car parked on Lincoln Way there. And then somebody else said, well, look at this side. It's all grass on this side of the road. Uh, this yeah. school has changed yeah. tremendously, but the cave 
is special. Yeah. Wow, that place. You go in there, and still the bleachers. But a lot of people, as as you were just alluding to, don't realize that it didn't go all the way around before. There was a lot more room between Lincoln Way and the cave, and then they expanded it out. And now, obviously, it goes all the way out to the it sidewalk. It came out just symmetrical with the, where the auditorium comes out. So, yeah. So, yeah, they turned it the other direction. Because they had mattresses on the wall because you're like a couple of feet you went in for a layup and you'd run into the wall well they talk about wrestling in the wrestling room <laughs> that is down there and they used to it was so small that they would do pins on the wall they actually had wrestling mats on the wall and and they would wrestle on the floor but then you could pin somebody on the wall and al smith was telling us that and i was looking at him like you're joking and oh no oh, he was serious did he tell you how that the bleachers used to be on hinges that that south end no they designed it so all those bleachers were on hinges, and they opened up, and they were going to have designed to have their wrestling matches in there. And the first time uh, they came in, the ref said, "We're not doing it in here," and they never did. So they closed it up now. But yeah, that tiny little area—that's where that's they were awesome. I will tell you, Pete DeKeever from the Mishawaka yes. Historical Museum gave me a cave timeline as we get close <laughs> to that 100th celebration and the 100th year. And as I have dove into it, it's about one, two, three, four, about six pages long. But as they go back and you talk about the renovation and the expansion, that was November. Uh, the, actually, it was 58. Yeah. Um, it was the final game on February 1st of 58. Mishawaka played Sage with the final game, played in the cave before its enlargement and modernization, which, again, altered the court from uh, east-west to north-south. And, uh, yeah, I mean, this, this, this timeline is just absolutely priceless. But when you talk about that, I think, wow, how many commencements have been in that gym, how many basketball games, how many concerts have been in there, so many special events that uh, have just certainly affected so many people in our community. Yeah, just uh, I want to ask both of you guys, and you know, I know Caleb likes to joke around, and we have a lot of fun. But uh, on a serious note, just your love for Mishawaka and your love for Mishawaka High School. I mean, it's not just a place where you teach or a place where you worked. I mean, this is almost like a, a family tradition and an obligation and a responsibility that that I know you guys take very seriously. Yes, <laughs> you want to talk about that? Yep, and it was it was interesting because when I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life, coming out of high school, going into college, and there wasn't a clear plan, but things stars aligned, things fell into place um, after my first semester of college, and then as I got closer into college, I'm like, man, I could, it'd be pretty sweet to go back and work there, and I wanted it to be like, I truly proved myself and didn't just, oh, your dad works there, so you got a right. job now, yeah. right? And uh, so spent a lot of time there over the summers and um, working with their band camps and staying in touch with all the right people and coming back for events. And then it was just recently I realized I had done like my 18th, I think it was 18th or so straight band camp. And I was like, yeah, that makes me feel old. But being involved from high school all the way through college through my 11 years now and um, and then doing it alongside with my dad and talk to Emily and talk to my mom about going places in anywhere in our area, in the county or probably in the country. And um, hearing the last name, and oh you oh your uncle your dad is your your grandpa is we were just at the alumni luncheon which is an obvious place to uh, have those connections but took the jazz band there and a lot of conversations after what afterwards of I had your grandpa for for speech and all those different things so it's just awesome to keep those keep those stories close and yeah. memorable and the jazz band did an amazing job nice. they were they were so good at that alumni luncheon Caleb let me ask you uh, you know because there is so much focus uh, I guess uh, on the on the athletics and the and the the sports side of it, and they talk about, you know, 
nine football games or 20-some basketball games or softball. We get to play about uh, you know, 26 games in one tournament and so forth. But how many events do you guys do a year? Because most people see a halftime, you know, home football games. What's that, four, maybe five events, maybe six a year, however it might be. Yep. And then, of course, there's the seasonal concerts and different things. But I don't think they have a clue at how many events your kids do. And uh, it just it, it's such a wide variety of things. Yep, and in the band world, there are there are many, and it depends if you do band, orchestra, choir, what you're involved in, how many events they have. But from my perspective in the band world, we've got the five or six home games, and then if we host some sectional or some regional, we will come back and we'll have maybe a volunteer group there. And then uh, what contest is next, and how do we align our, our curriculum on what con- concert is next? And I'm always looking at the next thing that's coming up. But the thing that's not on my long list for the for every kid in the handbook is the basketball winter pet band event, which is I make voluntary, but that's another 12 events. Um, so as we, it, it makes the year go by fast, I think. But there's always something coming up, so there's never really a dead time. People go, oh, is this like a a, a quieter time for you? There's no such thing, except maybe like three weeks in July. But we just keep going, and, and it, the cycle continues. Yeah. Have you noticed how much bigger that pet band gets every year, too? Yeah, I <laughs> like the, big the jerseys they're wearing. Now we've got the jerseys. That's really cool. And, and the greatest compliment for you is when people say, where's the band tonight? Yep. Because the atmosphere just changes tremendously. And something that, that people don't realize is not just the pride, because Caleb puts so much pride into what he does, and but he makes it an event. And he's in communication with the athletic director and in communication just from the timing of this is what we need to do. Uh, be careful about that. You may have to have to listen to, um, uh, you know, the, the video board at that time, but we need to play this at this time. But from the school song to the national anthem to every detail, and when it's not right, everybody knows. <laughs> and it's right so many times at Mishawaka because of this guy and, and because of the experience, and not just the experience, but the passion you put into it. And I know um, people sometimes take for granted um, when it's right, but you do it right so many, so many times. And we got to the point when I was the director of athletics where at a basketball game you could look across and he'd give me a nod and I'd give him a thumbs up and we knew exactly what we were talking about. And not every place has that, but not every place has somebody who's invested in athletics because they want to make it better. A lot of times they want to make the band better, they want to make the choir better, but that's a huge testament to what you do because you take pride in Mishawaka, you take pride in the event, and you want to make sure that your kids are protected and taken care of. Yep, and I I grew up watching sports. My dad joked that we never were athletes, but I watched enough football and enough basketball to be involved with those things and to know when's the appropriate time to play, when are we allowed to play with the rules. And then I I did college pet band at Valpo for football and volleyball and – men's and women's basketball we did a lot and then for my junior and senior year i got to be the student director so that was all the conducting so the college level you've got the script and you know exactly which timeouts are which and you watch the full timeout short timeout and yep and then i we had a headset a little bit and i was in touch with the person we added a video board um after one of those years so things got more complex and we've taken a pet band a couple times in notre dame and it was the same concept where i was able to throw the headset on and say okay 
Well, you guys have brought the, the, the band over to Bethel before because yep. I do PA for men's basketball, and I know that adds a lot to the atmosphere. Just a fun no community event to get to get them out in different places, too. And isn't it cool now when the band comes in to Steel Stadium that the cameras are coming oh, yeah. out? People are videoing it because it's an entrance. It's not just, hey, we got to get out there because we're going to play, but it's timed, and all of a sudden people clear out, and you guys come in, and it's like, here they are. I think, I think this guy's probably one of the people that taught me that one of the most cringy things is dead air and having just awkward silence, and it should be filled with something, and music is an easy way to fill that and entertain people. And sometimes when the team hasn't come out yet, all of a sudden you hear the band, and it's just uh, whatever cadence you guys have. It changes everything because you're exactly right. And uh, I've, I've got to tell you this one story, Brian, because not a lot of people know it. But uh, it was a, was it a playoff game that we were in, and all of a sudden uh, the band was playing up to the right point, and the referee comes over and tells me <laughs> and says, hey, you need to tell your band director. And I go over, and I'm like, hey, he's like, these are the rules, and this is when I can play. And he knew the rule right down to the – I'm like, well, just be cool, you know, we're Winning this game, let's not screw it up. Let's not make the referee mad. First, uh, and he said, like conduct penalty on the band." And right? so the band director says, <laughs> "The band director says, okay." So Caleb says, "Okay, cool." But at halftime, do you mind if if we hear his explanation? I'm like, "Yeah," but just don't say a word. And he's like, "That's fine. That's fine. I just want to hear his explanation." And when it's calmed down and not in the middle of the game, so we go to halftime, and he walks out there with me. I'm like, "Just let him talk because they're going back, and he doesn't have much time." And he's like, "Yeah, I will." And the referee comes over, and he, before he got anything out of his mouth, hey, I wasn't doing anything wrong. Hey, our kids are out here working just as hard as the ball. I'm like, oh, my gosh, we just passion. lost two, two players. Uh, but it, it, was, uh, it was a conversation where the referee just smiled. He knew exactly what he was talking about. They were able to work it out, and that was the communication that we needed at that game because it wasn't just somebody throwing a flag. It was a referee saying, okay, this guy knows what he's doing. He's going a little bit too far. And then him explaining, okay, this is what I'm doing. Now I know what you're talking about. We worked it out. Second half, we won the playoff game. We raised a trophy. Now I get to tell that story. Thanks, thanks, to, the, for all thanks to the band. Absolutely. <laughs> you're welcome. It brings a new, new meeting to the, uh, to the 12th man. Coach Kinder probably was a little more fired up after he saw that. No <laughs> doubt about that. Caleb, I, got, I have to ask, uh, I know with my softball program, we've got some kids that participate in the band and so forth, too, and they love doing both. And the ability to, to, I guess, you know, kind of cross-brand the, the Mishawaka M there a bit, if you will. But uh, how many kids overall in band and also how many kids overall in, in, the, in the high school and then maybe through our corporation that are involved in, in the fine arts that you're overseeing? Yeah, we think it's a great sales pitch for Mishawaka schools, and it was something that I'm really proud of. When I was in school, I did uh, band and choir and stage crew and acted a little bit. I did the TV studio with my dad. I did some quiz bowl for a couple years. I did student council. So when it came to college or just life, my resume was was Packed. a lengthy list, and I didn't look at that and go, oh, my gosh, I did all that. It was just like kept yeah. busy, had a blast, made a bunch of memories and friends and, and love it. So I, like we mentioned earlier, encourage kids to do something. But there's, I just love that we can have kids do multiple things and make in band and, and softball and band and robotics and band and color guard, all these different things work um, and sometimes it involves some flexibility, but try to make the right connections with the coaches early on to make sure that they are on, on the same page with that and it's in it for the kids and they can get all those different experiences. You've had success in a lot of different things, and I know YouTube is one of those things that you were ahead of the curve <laughs> and putting things out on YouTube. Um, it, it, 
does anybody have any any like recollection of Yup vids and and you being headquarters? <laughs> nope, those <laughs> things don't exist, Dino. <laughs> <talking about. laughs> I, I, I talked to one of your buddies today, and he said, "Throw that out there." He that said, "He'll was, talk uh, about a lot of things, but that one will catch him off guard." That it did. That was uh, <laughs> my one of my friends, Dan Baxter. He was he was ahead of his time with um, wanting to go to film school, and we had the old the old camera before our phones had the, the fancy video cameras, and we would just get together, innocently make goofy videos together, and sometimes post them. But just had a blast doing that, and honestly, crafting things, and that's probably where a lot of my skills of putting videos together easily have come from yeah yeah when you think about just how videos changed but at the same time the fundamentals have stayed the same um what are some of the things that that you think of that say you know what they're doing that now but we were we were doing that and we did it right back then now it's like everything is just like it's incredible that that was a jump cut or that was a bad editor that was sloppy video but now it's like the best video that anybody's ever seen that's right and what always frustrated me is i love the technology but everybody thinks they have to do every single bell and whistle that there is, and you still need to have good composition, good editing, good timing, and those things like that. So, um, so yeah, the, the technology is, is amazing, but uh, I still like the simple videos that tell a story without... I, I like when I'm doing an interview, and I'm watching the interview, and there's somebody telling a good story, but then they have six different camera angles, um, and then they're moving around, and you know, it's just, it's just, it's kind of dizzy. So, yeah. yeah, it's interesting that you say timing because that is is so huge. to storytelling is the flow, and just being able to do that, and um, whether it's your band director putting on a performance, whether you're a play-by-play guy doing a basketball game like Brian Miller, I mean, that rhythm is just so important. Ed. Caleb, we can sit and talk all night, um, and I want to ask you first, and we talked off the air about, uh, I guess, the connection through WSBT with uh, uh, with your past and your father and so forth, but uh, if there's anything in particular as far as a, a legacy that you've left or a memory or whatnot when you think about your time at Mishawaka, uh, what, 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 what thoughts do you have or maybe what comes to mind? Boy, that's a tough one. He's my legacy right there. Well. Um, just, well... We kind of touched on this before, too. Um, Caleb and I are both similar in this respect, I think. We like to reach out to the kids that aren't involved. And I did I did a lot of directing of the plays, and, and a lot of those kids are always involved. But I also did stage crew. And I got all kinds of kids who had never seen a hammer, you know. <laughs> and, but, but that was our – those are my, my, my crew, you know. And, and – you, you would have 35, 40 kids on, on stage crew. And we always joked around because kids used to come up to you and say, I'm going to try out for the play, and if I don't get a role, I'll be on stage crew. I said, no, 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 no. So we had our stage crew. for stage crew, and if you get cut, you can go. That's right. Line. We had our stage crew sign-ups <laughs> first. But we had people, and, and again, some of those kids, you, st- you see them to this day, and they just had some, some to belong. They'd learned some crafts. Uh, they were part of a team. And, you know, I go out looking for them, too. You could, you could just – recruit them. You can see kids that just, they hate school, There's no, they don't have any friends, and we had a lot of uh, people on stage crew that were, were the same way, so that's, that's the thing I think I remember. Caleb, now you kind of dodged my question earlier when I asked how many kids were involved, but with a school, what, uh, 1,400 thereabout at Mishawaka, how many kids are involved in band and how many kids in the high school and maybe in the corporation are, are involved in fine arts? Yep, it, it, at least in band, orchestra, and choir, we've got about... I think two. I gotta do math. Hold on. Hundred about 130 in band. 
I think close to 100 in choir. Orchestra's doubled in size this year, and we're over 40. Wow. And um, and then we've got dance team, we've got color guard, and we've got a few more things where we, we spread ourselves out. So um, for a while, I, my favorite statistic was that there was 10% of the school in the band, and they're still there. So I think that's a pretty cool number that 10% of the kids are, are doing or taking pride in one activity. You, know? you had a pretty big weekend last weekend. I know some of your kids won some awards. Yeah, well, i got to keep track of what weekend we're on. But um, we've had ISMA competitions, and then we came to the, the state level of that. So choir was there on Saturday, and they had a gold sweep, and every single event that choir took had gold. And band and orchestra went a couple weeks previous, and we're going to state this coming week. And then I think ISMA Jazz is coming up the following week, so... February and March are some busy times. I had to read it twice because he said he, he had put out there on a tweet, all of our kids won. <laughs> it's go. like, yes, they did. Congratulations. Yep. Yes, Mr. Chamberlain and Mr. Chamberlain, Caleb and Ed, thank you for being here with us. It was a pleasure. And uh, special thanks also to Robin Braun for joining us earlier, tennis coach for the girls at Mishawak High School. We are out of time and probably past our time. <laughs> Dean will be back next week with our final show. And uh, I'm excited because we're going to talk baseball. And we're going to talk softball. Yeah, and come back and listen to you guys tomorrow night, uh, basketball game against Penn. Well, we'll be looking forward to listening to the pep band tomorrow night, too, hopefully with a great, great atmosphere and a K-band win tomorrow night. Fans, this wraps up K-band Corner here from Monterey Mexican Grill at 507 East McKinley Avenue in Mishawaka. For Dean Huppert and Brian Miller, we'll take a timeout. This has been K-band Corner on Sports Radio 960 WSPT. Good night. Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering, char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today.